Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cambridge didn't play well in a scrappy, ill-tempered first half, but just before the break, they scored a quite crucial goal. John Taylor's flick on, the overhead kick from Chris Ledford. European leaders ended their summit in Rome by agreeing a blueprint for the negotiations that will shape the community's future. After only four minutes of the second half, Cambridge went 2-0 up, John Taylor's header, Lee Philpott's volley. Dion Dublin made it 3-0 just two minutes later. A lovely pass from Michael Cheatham, John Taylor does so well to get the cross in, and Dion Dublin does the rest. The Prime Minister, John Major, explained it like this. We have a menu. Britain's favourite dishes are on that menu. So are others' favourite dishes. But the community has not yet decided what orders to place. John Taylor has scored in every round of the competition so far, and in this fairy tale cup run, Taylor wasn't going to disappoint. Five more. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with The Blizzard. My name is Marcus Speller. Opposite me is Jonathan Wilson. And today we have with us Max Rushton, host of The Guardian's Football Weekly podcast and broadcaster extraordinaire, I'd go as far as to say, Max. <laughs> well, uh, extraordinaire. I don't know if that... Is that a compliment? Extraordinaire? I think I've heard that. I've heard people who you wouldn't want to be associated with have extraordinary put on the... Some who are in, probably in prison, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a usefully ambiguous term. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could always say vanilla, um, easily replaceable. Raspberry ripple, I would go with. Okay. A okay. bit of a twist. Okay, yeah, yeah. A bit yeah. more about me, yes. An oldie but a goodie. <laughs> Thanks for promoting the Guardian Football Week. It's a great place. If you, if, look, if you just want yeah. to get your fill of everything that's happened in the game, but just twice a week, because mm-hmm. it's not quite <laughs> enough mm-hmm. for every day. Mm-hmm. I think that you don't want to fill up your feed do you no that's really i find that very difficult you know it's all and then there's so many that you just don't listen to any of this isn't going out live max we can edit this out (laughs) um but we might be generous too Uh, no thanks for having me and (laughs) and the the fact that this is called greatest games perhaps you know it's a Cambridge united based Mm. pod it should just be called games yeah well (laughs) we've we're flirting with the trades description act today um but but today's game we go back to february 1990 cambridge united five bristol city one it was in the fa cup why on earth have you chosen this game well um i'm a cambridge united fan yep and i was 10 Mm -hmm. and football is at its absolute peak when you're 10 and so for those reasons I have picked probably that I did want to pick Cambridge United nil, Cardiff City nil uh, in the late 90s where David Ellery sent off three of their players, yeah. including one for deliberate handball on the line. And we drew nil nil because by the end of that game, the North Terrace, we were all just in, you're a Sunderland fan, you know, you know yeah, in yeah. just fits of laughter at just how mm. totally inept we were. And I don't, I think in, in many ways that sums up supporting a terrible football team mm. better than a glorious victory. In fact, my favourite game, you know, we the quarterfinal of the FA Cup in 91, where we lost to Arsenal at Highbury. 
might be my favourite game. Mm-hmm. But I thought picking a defeat for for, for this would be a two defeatists. <laughs> yeah. So I, I draw or a defeat. There was a game at Nottingham Forest in about two thousand when they were in the Premier League, and it was the the League Cup. I forget the sponsor in two thousand. That's fine. I want to say Carling, but could have been. And it was it was post Rumbelows, yes. post the glory uh-huh. of Rumbelows. Um, where we're 3-0 down to Nottingham Forest and we got back to 3-2. Trevor Benjamin and Martin Butler scored and then we had a penalty five minutes from time and it's the only time I haven't been able to watch. I hadn't had dinner, so I was really (laughs) terribly faint and it was quite late. And uh, John Taylor put the penalty and we lost on penalties. But there's, there's something about sort of defiantly applauding your team in defeat. Yeah. Like England fans know that, don't they? You know, after after semi-final yeah. defeats. Yeah, because you don't expect to ultimately win. No. Whereas, no, no. But the game you've chosen today yeah. was a big win. Oh. And I think you, this is like a little a sort of half an hour or so holiday for you, just to remember yeah. Yeah. Cambridge United, a, a big win in, in the FA Cup, a match that mattered. It wasn't a dead rubber towards the end of right. the season or anything like that. He scored five goals against Joe Jordan's Bristol City. Is that who was my, I mean, I obviously paid no attention. <laughs> I, I still pay no attention to oppositions, but back in the... But I remember, what, you know, did you... When you were trying to get friends to come... When I was trying to get friends to come to watch Cambridge games, and I'd be like, do you want to come on Saturday? And they'd be like, who are we playing? And you... Mm. It's not going to be Brazil, is it? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'll be, I don't know, Morecambe. Like, it's not... <laughs> who we're playing is not going to define whether you want to come to this game. So this was... This was the second... Fifth round, second replay. Yes. Which so is I, also a great thing. Brilliant thing. Because we'd we'd gone to Ashton Gate, we got the coach to Ashton Gate, and I mean, supporters coaches are, they're another, you know, they are a far end of hell. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so we got the coach to, and it must have taken 25 years. Well, my, my memory of, of getting Sunderland supporters coaches in, yeah, around that time, I mean, I'm a little bit older than you, so I would have been you know, 14, 15, going down to Tranmere and whatever from Sunderland, was... How many people on those buses made me look not nerdy? <laughs> oh, very bitchy, Jonathan. And, and can I ask? Can I ask? Have you got less nerdy or more nerdy with age? Because I, I, I hide it slightly better, but essentially I haven't changed. Right. Okay. You're exactly. I, it's, it's true. Actually, well, I, dress, I, can, I dress better than I did, and my hair's not as crap as it was. But essentially, but essentially, I really every changed. time I work with you, I'm working with 11 year old Jonathan Wilson. Yeah, who's got the shoot league ladders <laughs> etched into his brain. Didn't need that. No, could mem- remember it. Yeah, absolutely. He's already but worked I, out. I just sort of you remember how many people be wearing like jeans with a terrible tracksuit top, carrying just like a carrier bag mm. with a couple of kind of limp sandwiches. Oh. They'd put tomato in their sandwich at 6am yeah, and eat it at 3 in a Which you, you can get away with if you if you butter both sides of bread and it absorbs the liquid. Sorry. Ah, oh, there you go. There's the when, technique. When, when you were on a supporters coach, Sunderland, were you like noting down formations aged no. 10 or 11? No. 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 When did that, well, when did you get struck down with the illness known as interest in tactics? Uh, no, very early. Yeah. Uh, I remember there was a we have drifted off the point here quite a bit. Well, I understand. I understand. Um, an audience of Jonathan Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a Ladybird book of football, which is just reissued a year or two ago. And there's a page on that where it just shows, I think it's just three three formations on either side. So six, six tactical formations laid out with Sabutio figures. Okay. 
And that was my favourite page of that book. Did yeah, you right. have the Osborne Book of Soccer Tactics? Don't think I did. Oh, Does that, that exist? Oh, honestly. The Osborne Book of Soccer yeah, Tactics. Max, honestly, he wrote his own book of football tactics. I'm aware of that, but no one, <laughs> no one has got part. I'm, I'm up to 107. I've got the furthest. I have the record. <laughs> oh, is that right? Getting the furthest through through inverting the pyramid. Uh-huh. So, as we were saying, as loath as we are to go back to yeah. Cambridge United versus Bristol City, but the tactics of this are quite important, right? Absolutely, he's a pioneer, John Beck. Of you know, so, basically. Yeah, well, okay, and, let, let's let's fill in a bit of the background. Cambridge had a pretty traumatic time in the 80s. So yes. They, they were what, in Division 2 in 83-4 and plummeted down to yeah, so Division we, 4. We were in the old second division. We went down because we were not very good. And then we had a manager, Chris Turner. Well, and and you, I mean, you had to apply for re-election and everything, didn't you? Yeah. Really struggling in Division 4. Mm-hmm. That and was then, before I started going. Then Chris Turner came in. It should be said, this is Chris Turner, the former Peterborough defender, not Chris Turner, the former Sunderland goalkeeper, which Correct. really, really confused me when I was doing research. I, I don't imagine the audience would have been confused by that, but I'm sure... Well, no, because that, that, that Chris Turner, the Chris uh-huh. Turner who then went on to play for Manchester United, he, he then... He was in goal for Sheffield Wednesday when we beat them 4-0. Yes, he would have 19, been. Yeah, he, in, in 1991. Yeah, he he'd, he left us in, I think, 85, because mm-hmm. he had a... Played brilliantly in a couple of the uh, the games in our run to the Milk Cup final that season. Then we got relegated. He went to Manchester United. Um, Fergie didn't really like him, and he went off to yeah Sheffield Wednesday. So yeah. So Chris Turner left mid nineteen, so early nineteen ninety. We were something like eighteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth in Division Four, and John Beck came in, and John Beck had a had a very uh, specific type of playing football, and, and he'd was. been his assistant manager because he, he he's a player who'd been been injured and and got yes. a coaching job. And he was a brilliant footballer, by the way. He was sort of like he was like Pirlo of Division Four. He played for Coventry, I think, in the top division. He was a lovely ball playing centre midfield, but he did not want his <clears> midfielders <throat> to pass the ball. Well, I was going to say that would have been a real rarity back then to have a midfielder like that. Yeah, but uh, but I, I think they were all, no. I think in Division Four they were always good footballers. They were just weren't. Oh no, I've no doubt that they had. The, or, or they, they had the talent, but they, but they, especially back then with the pitches and all mm. the rest of it and the tactic, as, as we're just sort of coming on to, there's no way a midfielder like that is going to be indulged and say, right, play the ball to feet and all the rest of it. I mean, only now recently is that is possibly, that... yeah. But I think I think actually in in that division, what you had was most teams, and probably now in League Two. You know, it's mainly knock it down the channels, play course, percentages. Yeah. But if you can play it short, but under John Becker's manager, there was no if you can. It was you get it to the fullback, mm. the fullback pings it up the line yeah. to the point where there is a video right after we beat Bristol City five <clears> one, <throat> and we're all on the pitch and the TV, you know, Look East or Anglian News are interviewing John Beck after the game. And they say, you know, how do you feel? And fans are kissing him. And we've just beaten Bristol City 5-1. We're in the quarterfinal of the FA Cup for the first time in our history. And I think his second sentence is, some of our channel balls were magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, you see. Which is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. so, so we played this quite... So in 1990, we got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup and we won the playoffs, the first ever playoffs at Wembley to beat Chesterfield to go into Division 3. We won Division 3 the next year and we got to the quarterfinals of the FA Cup again. The following year, we came fifth in the old Division 2. At Christmas, we were top. We beat Ipswich at Portman Road and we were top. And if we'd maintained that run and there are a few, you know, we, we conceded a last-minute equaliser at St. James's Park. We had a goal disallowed at Ayrson Park. And, you know, those things that didn't quite go our way 
had we gone up that year, it would have been the first year of the Premier League. Mm. You know, we would have been on that well, advert, you know, <laughs> in the gym. We'd have had one of our players. And... But it's amazing to think about that because, like, like now, it's hard to think of Cambridge in those kind of sure. terms. But, but as Jonathan said, in the eighties, Cambridge were going through an even worse time, an absolutely terrible time. So that what you're saying there, as you're saying, I'm thinking, really, did that all happen? Well, oh. Imagine being in the Premier League. The Abbey had a capacity of what nine thousand, about nine or ten, yeah. Uh, I mean, it would have been amazing. Yeah, we, 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 like Wimbledon would have laughed at us. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what, Wimbledon would be like, "We're not going here. This pitch is terrible." We've been slightly appalled by the direct nature of the football. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Wimbledon would have been like their manager. Who was manager of Wimbledon then? Was it Kinnear or was it Bassett? Bassett or he would have said, "I, you know, he'd have said, yeah, they're just very physical side and yeah. just, <laughs> they outmuscled us." But but for me, I mean, I suppose what was good was I had a couple of years of watching Cambridge just be a Division Four team mm-hmm. and sort of getting used to going to a football match and just hearing swearing and smelling cigarettes and all those kind of things that really football was about. And learning to have the attention span to last past half time, mm-hmm. which I, I don't think I've ever really... I've lost that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I ever what had it. What kind of crowds Cambridge were getting back then? I think we were getting about three, two, three, and then just, yeah, I, I, just I think, a couple I, of you. I think, when, <laughs> <laughs> and then when me and my dad went, it was five. <laughs> so we were getting about that. And then I think by the time we, we were... You know, when we were doing well, we'd sort of get five, six, and then it would yeah. obviously, then you'd actually get away fans when you got to Division mm-hmm. Two. But what you had was, I don't really remember it so much because these years I was in the junior youth enclosure, but I remember when we went, when we sort of had a, a slight renaissance under Roy McFarlane in the late 90s, and we, I was in the, I'd graduated to the North Terrace there. When you start doing well and other fans turn up, the sort of absolute, the sort of smug rage of fans that were going, yeah, you know, absolutely. where were you when we were shit? Yeah. You know, but you're singing that to someone standing next to you. It's like, <laughs> yeah. be good if we had some supporters. Well, but you're you know? also, you're not singing it for for a Champions League night down at Cambridge as well. No, you know? no. So, But I mean, in Cambridge, do do many of the locals support Cambridge or is it one of those cities or towns that, that mainly people support other clubs from elsewhere? I mean, it's not a footballing hotbed. Well, clearly, yeah. Um, I, I think if, if you went to Cambridge Station on the morning of a game where Arsenal or Spurs were playing, you'd see a lot of people getting on the train yep. to go there. And I So at school, were you one of the few Cambridge United fans? Um, yeah, well, I think it was different then. I, I, I think, I, I genuinely can't remember how many people really liked football. Right. But I think we all saw, I think we all did, but we... But it was there weren't about, many of us that went. It was all about the boat race, was it? <laughs> yeah, man, yeah we, that see, was I it. think that's kind of like an interesting point. That mm. kind of there's a there's a perception issue here, right? That people think of Oxford or Cambridge, mm. and they they think university, and they think kind of you know white tie and Bullingdon Club and all that nonsense. Yeah. And actually, the cities themselves, or certainly Oxford, is not like that. I don't I mean, I, I don't know. Cambridge they're pretty similar. Oxford, they're pretty similar cities. Oxford's slightly bigger, but yeah, it, it is sort of bullshit when you know people sing. You only sit, you know sing when you're rowing because. <laughs> Because actually, growing up, even though my dad was... Because a, they don't sing when they're rowing. Well, it's hard. To, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you're really out of breath. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. um, That would be one hell of a feat, wouldn't it? <laughs> but you can imagine back in the day, that's what they would have liked to yes. do. But, but actually, you know, growing up in Cambridge, even though my dad was part of the university, I had no real concept that it existed. Mm. You know, it was just like... Sure. There were some nice buildings in the middle of town, but most people didn't live in those nice buildings. Yeah, it's people so, like yeah. Jonathan go to those kind of universities. Absolutely, you know? and disgraceful, aren't they? You know, it's just the Oxbridge Mafia <laughs> filling just football you media. Just uh, the nice red brick of the Oxford colleges. Anyway. Come along, gentlemen. <laughs> um, uh, so, so... But I mean, so I remember being sent, one of my early gigs in journalism was going to a Cambridge v Oxford game. And it was sort of, the, the desk was built, I think I was working for the 
Telegraph at the time. And the desk were building it up as a sort of derby. So no interest. Yeah, we don't care about Oxford United at mm. all. Our rivalry is Peterborough United mm. and then maybe Luton a bit. How and dare the, they call themselves the posh? Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. only um, the only interesting thing about that game was the managers were Ramon Diaz and Claude Loire, <laughs> which is the most extraordinary <laughs> pair of managers yeah. at that level. <laughs> well, well, of course, Harvey Renard was... Uh, Harvey Renard was... He was a Loire's assistant, wasn't he? At the it, time? Was the, it was literally <laughs> the worst appointment. It's like when you're in a... When you're in a relegation battle at the bottom of the football league, what you don't need is someone who's had moderate success with the Ivory Coast. <laughs> it's like it's... which he hadn't at the time, you know. <laughs> well, I don't know where. I know he'd been well, in Cameroon. Lo, 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 Loire had been successful. Um, oh, okay, sorry. So anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. We would drift further from a point <laughs> from the game itself. Yeah. Um, but I, but I think I, it was just everyone had a Premier League team yeah. as well. And you know, I have Tottenham on my Premier League team, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of I'm out about that, and I'm okay with the abuse that you get sure. for that. They're my big team who win things. Absolutely. But, but in my heart mm. is Cambridge United. And okay. did you get many students going to watch? I mean, obviously Nick Hornby writes about going to support Cambridge while they're a low and Arsenal fan. I just don't know because I talked to Matthew and Clive, and they were the same age as me, and I didn't <laughs> I didn't check for anyone's student card. You know, I, I, I I understand the question. I don't think so, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't. I just don't think it really. I, 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 in fact, I don't know how many students, whatever yeah. university they go to. Maybe if you, maybe if you go to Manchester or you go to Leeds or something, you might go to that football club because it's a bigger part of that city. But yeah. I, I, I tend to most students arrive at university supporting their team, yeah, and that's their team, and they don't change their allegiance because of well, where was, they study. There was three times I tried to go to watch Oxford play, and every time I got waylaid by a pub on the way to the game. Sure, yeah, that doesn't matter. Absolutely. All right. In the second half, we will talk about Cambridge United 5, Bristol City 1. See you in a moment. It was time to celebrate another extraordinary night in the history of Cambridge United Football Club. Only the fourth team from Division 4 to reach the quarterfinals of the Cup. They now play Crystal Palace at the Abbey Stadium on March the 11th. Cambridge think they can win that too. Who would dare to disagree? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If I had an extra hour in the day, I might catch up on the latest football news, take a lovely walk with my dog Sammy, or maybe interview someone using an orange peel and a broken iPhone. You know, normal journalism stuff. But it's not always easy to prioritise our time, and that's where therapy can be an extra helping hand. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. 
untangle any unneeded worries and start to value your time for you. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot ramble. John, what about these scenes? Absolutely magnificent. We didn't play too well first half and I can't believe how well they've played second half and they thoroughly deserved everything they got. I don't think Cambridge United has seen this for a long time. It's sending shivers up my back now. I know, what about you? Welcome back to Greatest Games, everybody. Right then. Yes. You uh, you mentioned earlier that the, the the game finished as a draw in Bristol. Yeah. It uh, should have been nil-nil, but yes. John Bailey... Pulled back Chris Ledbitter. Oh. And it was a. It John was, Bailey, he played for Everton when they won the Cup in. Yeah. 85. And played for Newcastle as well, yeah. Right, yeah. Top big, curly big haired. Curly hair, yeah. Left yeah. back, yeah. He, uh, so he should have got a straight red and he didn't. And that was very disappointing. But nil nil at Ashton Gate, and, and I think that might have been the biggest stadium I'd ever been to at mm-hmm. that time. I was sort of wowed by the size of Ashton Gate. <laughs> it was like, it was extraordinary because it was probably three times. At least twice the size of the Abbey, because I I thought it's the, the Abbey Stadium in Bristol. Well, I I thought the Abbey was the biggest football ground because I'd been to Milton Road, see Cambridge City. So I, my frame of reference was biggest ground in the world, the Abbey Stadium. <laughs> I mean, I'd seen Wembley on the telly, sure, but that's a different. And I'd mm. seen, you know, I'd seen Mexico '86, mm-hmm. so I'd see, so I'd seen. So you knew bigger ones were out. I there. knew bigger ones, but they were only sort of apocryphal. They weren't real. You hadn't sampled them, no. And so Ashton Gate, I remember thinking this was amazing, and also yeah. like they we were sat so high up. Mm. Um, I, that sort of blew my mind a tiny bit and then we had the first replay which was nil-nil after 90 minutes and then I think we went one up I forget who I forget which way it went but it finished 1-1 one, one. and I distinctly remember the video footage they tossed a coin for where the second replay would be and so hang on so you had nil-nil nil-nil 1-1 one, one after extra time Oh, I see. I thought, sorry, I thought it was like a... Yeah, right, carry on. In the set first replay. Yeah. And then you have a second replay. And I remember they tossed a coin. And I remember John Beck walking into the dressing room. And I wasn't there, so I presume I've seen this. But, you know, just doing like the peace sign going, yeah, I did it. <laughs> we were at the Abbey for the set. We were at the Abbey for the, for the second replay. Well, you know, he probably did I'm really cool. Because, you know, the peace sign... So when I was at school was just a way of saying I'm cool. Right, okay. Um, wasn't necessarily true, but... yes. Anyway, I remember that and I remember thinking, okay, we've got the second replay. And my, my main memory of the second replay is that I'd always go with Matthew Walsham and Clive Sanders. Yeah. Um, you will know, listeners will know Matthew as someone doing a, a PhD in public health at Manchester University now and Clive working for um, Save the Children. Mm. You all know. I mean, good everyone eggs. Knows that. Yeah, good eggs, good people. But Matthew had a packet of polos. Right. And before the game, we said, you know, how many Apollos are we going to get? And he said, I'll give you a polo for every goal we score. Oh, Matthew. <laughs> Man alive. Matthew. He regretted that. No one was sadder about <laughs> us beating them 5-1 than, than Matthew Walsham. Well, oh, And shame he couldn't... Uh... Be here today. <laughs> I have no idea where he is or who he is for that matter. Um, but but it was it was it was a good win. And and so how did um, John Beck uh, take to this game, Jonathan? Was it a, a traditional John Beck style of play? 
Uh, I presume so. I mean, I yeah. say, I could, I've only been able to track down highlights. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, but actually, it was a very, very comprehensive three-minute package which mm. shows a lot of the game. But does it? Is, is it the one where it then cuts to... Oh, no, the Sheffield Wednesday game is the one that Gerald Sinstat report. I mean, this is when you're a, when you're a lower league fan, the fact that Gerald Sinstat oh, was, was doing there. your game is yeah. bl- mind-blowing. And Dion and, and John Beck were invited to match of the day. And they're on match of the day after the foot. I mean, this was just like, it's mm. otherworldly. Dion Dublin, this is, we should. This is explain. Dion Dublin. So basically, we had, we played 4 4 2 every game, and we had some very good footballers within a system. And John Beck wanted this system. I mean, there's a very famous story about Steve Claridge cutting inside from the right wing. So he's had some players. I mean, Steve yeah. Claridge, you know, of course, went yeah. on to. But Claridge to do didn't play in this game, did he? Did no, Claridge didn't play in this game. I don't It was John that, Taylor playing off, off Dublin. Yeah. So, and Taylor's obviously, I mean, yeah. actually a really good player. I sort of vaguely remember from the early 90s. And mm. he, was, he, he runs this game for what I can make out from the three-minute highlights <laughs> I tracked there. So John Taylor and Dion were brilliant. No, I was saying there's a story about Steve Claridge where after 20 minutes of a game, he cut inside and John Beck subbed him because... Shouldn't do that. Because the right winger is to go down the byline the and cross line, it in yeah. and that is it. And oh, so he would play wide, would he? Claridge he was... played wide. Sometimes he played up front. Sometimes he, he, he didn't fit the system that well. And if, and if you read his book... Uh, he sort of says, look, they were successful in spite of Beck because they had so many really good footballers because Dion Dublin was obviously supremely talented and we didn't realise at the time quite how talented. You know, he went, he played centre-back for England a couple of times. You know, like he was a really, really talented footballer. He played out for England, yeah. And of course, yeah, but he could read, obviously read the game. John Taylor next to him was a superb footballer. We had Lee Philpott who went to play for Leicester on the left wing. Alan Kimball who went on to play in the Premier League for Wimbledon. Mm. Liam Daish, was he playing that game? Uh, I think it would have been Chapel and O'Shea. Daish might have played, but but uh, yeah, yeah, Daishu some... went on to play for Ireland. Chapel went to play for Charlton in the in the certainly in the Championship, probably in the Premier League for a bit. We had a, we had lots of very good players, but we played this <clears throat> we played this system that it just took teams two and a half years to work out, and then they worked us out, and then it was really really bad. Yeah, but what a two and a half and that, years! Oh. And that system was pumping it down the channels. Yeah, having the, you know keeping the grass longer in the corners to hold the ball up. Yeah, not just grass. I mean, sand. If you watch the Sheffield Wednesday game, which is mm. like the, the fifth round in the next year, it looks like a beach. I mean, it's so mm. sandy. Can you still, would you be able to do that nowadays and get away with it? Yeah, I think so. You think that's perfectly okay. For away games, John Beck used to. <laughs> you go out there with his bucket and spade. Well, no, for away games, you got half the pitch to warm up on. So he would bring. Would he really? He'd bring our under 18s yeah. and they'd play a full on 11 a side game just to rip up the pitch My before goodness. the game. So they play 45 minutes, absolutely hoy the pitch to That's shit. That's hilarious. Isn't though. it so good? And like he did loads. Of, so so when it was winter, he would put the heating on full in the oh, away yeah, dressing room. Oh yeah, he's one of those ones. He, he eventually moved the away dugout basically to the corner flag, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, so, so this was, sort of, this was, I think it was the season, like 92 or something, but he moved it. So it was not, it was barely in the stadium, <laughs> right? Yeah. He used to give the, he used to give the opposition flat footballs to warm up. Shh. What a hero! But this is, I this mean, is, what, what these this is, is these are marginal gains. Yeah, before. exactly. But this is quite similar to one of the obviously Cambridge rivals, Peterborough United. Barry Fry used to do this kind of stuff, and he he was asked about this. So you're saying there's some kind of some evil in the fens? <laughs> I don't know who influenced who or who copied who, but uh, but I mean, I know Barry Fry said that when he looked back on his career, he wasn't sure whether it was... I mean, you know, Barry was a big character, but he, he said, I wasn't sure if it actually put them off and it did help us, or indeed it fired them up more and it had a, 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 the, the reverse effect. When I was on local radio, radio, BBC Radio Cambridgeshire, people often talked to me about 
lunch with Max 12 till 2 uh, on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon in 2004. But yeah. Can we still get hold of those? Um, okay. I hope not. Yeah, all right, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we used to, I used to work on the sports desk and you'd ring Barry Fry for uh, an interview yeah. and because you were local radio because you know on national media he's like oh I'm big yeah, yeah, Barry yeah, Fry course, fun yeah. guy he'd be like uh, ring he'd be like hello he'd be like hi it's Max from Radio Cambridge hang up yeah that was it so this whole media portrayal I'm not having it I'm outing Barry Fry now. Oh, no, no. I, I, Quite a rude man. I, I, <laughs> what, Classic anti-Peter bias from the Cambridge fan. I was going to say, can, can you fair. blame Barry? But um, it was more for the uh, the marginal gains that Jonathan speaks of. Or you were saying that uh, John Beck used to indulge himself in. And, and What was the cold water thing? Oh, that was before the game. It that was, was kind of like the pre-ice bath. It was, it was the players would sort of come out one by as far as I, I don't know if it was one by one, but like, I remember it being filmed once from the waist up. Because that's that's, that's what I remember. It must have been a football focus something presumably yeah. before one of these cup games, and the players sort of having buckets of cold water thrown over them mm. and looking really quite unhappy that it was, well, it was sure. happening. Well, I think it's it's one of those, you know, it's sort of like Mourinho. If you buy into, if if everybody in the place buys into it, mm-hmm. then you're on to a good thing. But as soon as a couple of people go, hang on, why are you why are you freezing me to death? And why are you carving up the football pitch I've got to play on? Well, that is an extraordinary thing, isn't it? The kind of mm. a team who's playing who is very close to getting into the first Premier League season. Yeah. And their way of playing was to negate the possibility of playing. Yeah. yeah the whole thing was to stop people playing. So so when we were in the old second division, Glenn Hoddle was manager of Swindon. Oh, and he would have hated it. I mean, hate is not the word. I mean, like, it, mm. it, it, you could see... It's polar opposite. He absolutely despised... Like, he despised everything about it. Um, and they beat us 3-0 in an FA Cup game. And I still think that's probably the high point of his whole career. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> probably that's the not, one... Not where, the tournoi. Not No, not the tournoi. <laughs> not taking to World well, Cup. what type of... So, John Beck, I mean, people can guess... So, just, just on, on this... Because yeah, yeah. there was a... I mean, there was a real hatred among certain people in the game towards long ball teams. Yes. So there was Wimbledon, there was Watford, Watford to a lesser extent because people would, mm-hmm. Graham Taylor had such a sort of uh, overt decency about him. People sort of were, yeah, they, you know, they were very direct, but they weren't cynical in the way that Wimbledon were and Cambridge were. Mm. But Clough so hated Crystal Palace for this <laughs> that there was a League Cup game when Forrest played Palace and Forrest were, I think, 2 0 up. And with 10 minutes to go, he took off Steve Hodge. And didn't bring anybody on. <laughs> Just to say, we can beat him with 10. And Steve Hodge never really forgave Clough. He That's felt, amazing. He felt as a totally demeaning kind yeah. of. I remember, I think it was Radio 5 that just started, or 5 Live had just started, I can't remember. It's probably Radio 5. And they had all the sport. They'd just taken it from Radio 2. And they had a billboard that said, <clears throat> um, We bring you Wimbledon, Crystal Palace, and Cambridge United, because after all, you don't want football every week. Right, mm. which is actually not a terrible advert, mm. but because obviously it mentioned uh, there was uproar in you know amongst sort of the ten Cambridge fans <laughs> that they could be so rude about our football club. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so so yeah, we were. I mean, we were definitely unpopular. But but the thing was, I was ten, right? I just didn't really understand. I just presumed everybody played football, or I didn't really have any concept of we were playing good or bad football at all. We were just winning every week mm-hmm. we were just relentlessly we were a winning machine so what so so why this game then the 5-1 because it because it was the FA Cup fifth yeah. round so the first time we got into the quarter final because we scored some really love Chris Ledbetter scores an overhead kick <laughs> I mean it, he's he's about a yard out he hooks it over his shoulder oh, okay. but still though okay. is it, is come it, on it's, it's right. actually the, the first half is pretty tight from what I can tell from his very brief highlights <laughs> is it's pretty tight the Rob Newman heads against the inside the post mm-hmm. And like John Vaughan makes a couple of great saves. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, not Johnny Vaughan. Key to point out that difference. <laughs> I think people in. would have probably assumed. Yeah. It's, is that um, somebody else you've stood in for at times? Oh, almost certainly. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then in the second half we just blow them away. So Lee Philpot scores. Lee Philpot had never kicked the ball with his right foot before this, but there's a long punt upfield, and I think Taylor the, Taylor heads it on. Taylor heads it on. Taylor gets it before assisting a goal. Right. So Taylor heads it on and. Philpot absolutely larrap. It's probably, I think if you ask Cambridge fans of my generation, their favourite ever goal, it's most people pick this Lee Philpot volley. It's a right foot, pretty much the edge of the box, and it just flies in. When it just dips, just it appears to be mm. just going over and it dips at the right point. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those goals, so you see it from the normal camera sort of on the halfway line, you think, mm. my God, that's an amazing goal. And then you see the more head-on camera, you think, oh, it's not that near the corner. Oh, <laughs> stop it now. Stop yeah. it. But that's the kind of goal that when you're, when you're young, as you say, and you're used to seeing a certain type of football, and then you see one of those goals scored by one of your guys at your ground, yeah. you think, bloody hell, that's yeah. not too shabby. I mean, I could have easily picked the Sheffield Wednesday game as oh, well. Because I, mean, I was amazed you didn't, Max, to be quite because, frank. Because we beat them 4-0, and, and Dion scored two, and Philpott scored a lovely goal. It was a lovely counter-attack. And, and Wednesday would have been Premier League at the time, were they? I'd say first division. I at the think time. they were. No, I think they were. I think they were the old second division. Were they? Think. Okay. Um, but I could have picked either of those we're games still because they're just though. absolutely hammering these teams that are in higher divisions. Mm. And but we were just kind of it, it. It almost didn't seem a surprise because by that time, you know, when we got to the sec- quarterfinal, the second year, we were like, "Well, this is just what this is what we do," mm. you know. And we were winning the we were winning the league. As well, so I remember going to Highbury and Arsenal were the champions. You know, George Graham v John Beck is a great. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a footballing lesson for everyone. But we Dion equalised in that game, and we we terrified them. We totally terrified them, and and could have easily have won that game. And I suppose it is a you know all of the stories about this are these kind of near misses because. Crystal Palace beat us in the quarterfinal in 1990. And obviously then went on to beat Liverpool. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And, and we, we, it was a terrible game against Crystal Palace, but Jeff Thomas hit a miss hit right foot. He couldn't kick it with his right foot either. And, uh, and he scored like a miss hit goal to get them through to that game. So it should have been us against Liverpool. We should have beaten Liverpool 4-3, right? And then we almost beat Arsenal at Highbury. Who and Liverpool champions. were vulnerable to, to the long ball by then. Yeah. Hansen and Hussain didn't like it up. Then. No, so Dion and Shaggy would have, Shaggy's John Taylor, by the way, <laughs> Dion and Shaggy would have ripped them apart. And then the whole story is is basically about almost getting to the Premier League. Mm. And 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 I think for lower league fans, you know, that's the dream, isn't it? Mm. It, 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 it is never going to happen now unless some billionaire comes in. But the frustration is we had that opportunity now we, mm-hmm. we could have we obviously wouldn't have been in the Premier League for very long we would have definitely not done it well we may have eclipsed Derby County's record but we would have probably we would have beaten a good team in the Premier League and you'd have had those memories football. and what else do you want exactly yeah. and and you can look at the league table uh, we were asked on the pod yesterday actually about like the the, the sort of the, the lingering you know, what, what defeat or what moment sort of lingers with you as a football fan. And we all have them. And it is, for me, it is just looking at the Division 2 table around Christmas in 91, 92, with us top of that division. If you look at the quality of the clubs that are below us and thinking, that was our chance. I remember I remember David Pleat or someone being at that Cambridge Ipswich game going, well, if one of, if one of these two is going to go up, going to be Cambridge and just starting to believe and then we got to the playoffs and we drew 1-1 at home to Leicester and then Leicester hammered us 5-0 in the second leg of the playoffs 
And that was kind of the moment. We sold Dion to United for a million. Well, yeah, so, I mean, he he he, ends, he scores two headers, both from Taylor Crosses in, in this the Bristol City game. Mm. Um, and he was, I mean, presumably he was obviously... Both of, headers? I think one's, he flicks it in with his right um, foot. Yeah, one of the near posts, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. That's but they're okay. both, both Taylor Crosses. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, was he obviously a cut above? At the time, I didn't know. Because I obviously didn't notice, I didn't know that he was younger than you know right, sure, yeah, other yeah. players. Um, I, I, I mean, John Taylor at the time was a sort of more developed footballer, so it sort of seemed better. And then John Taylor obviously he obviously people may not know he came back to us in the late nineties and had a sort of rebirth and became our record ever goal scorer. So I think if you ask Cambridge fans who 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 is their bigger hero out of John Taylor and and Dion and John Taylor managed us as well and it wasn't a great success but no one cared because he was John Taylor and the, he scores the fifth goal in this game which is mm. a, a brilliant finish yeah he sort of he's because Bristol City you know they they all they hit the bar as well don't they through mm-hmm. um, uh, Gary Shelton so they, they Gary hit, Shelton they I hit the woodwork him. twice yeah uh, Vaughan's made a couple of good saves Vaughan makes one Gordon Banks like save yeah absolutely. I mean it's literally a, it's, it's bouncing down and he tips it up yeah <laughs> and then Bristol City are clearly a little bit sort of rattled, yeah, and just find themselves four 0 down, and they're kind of overcommitting because they think still think they can get back into it because they've had all these chances, and then Taylor gets set clean through, and it's a fantastic. But I think he strikes them outside the box. But the Bristol City score, and then Bristol City scored very late on, to yeah. Five and there is a great moment when Bristol City score that their striker runs in to get the ball, and there's a sort of like the John Ball <laughs> moment. like you're five one down, yeah. mate. Come on, you know. I love that. Um, but it is really, actually, it's lovely to sort of nostalgically think about it because it was such a, it was such a amazing time. And then years and years later, in what many people call the Soccer AM glory years, <laughs> uh, I mean, you do literally mean yourself when you say that, don't you? You're talking about I, when I used to do auto key for Andy Goldstein. Well, oh no, that was the time <laughs> people talk about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, how was Andy with that? Was he, you know, because I heard he was a bit of a diva. He, I think he recognises it. Ah, uh, game recognises game, you know. And uh, him and I got on just fine. <laughs> no, he was all right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go on, carry on. No, <laughs> Talk about wondered, the I just wondered. Talk about the golden years. No, so so <laughs> so you know, twenty years later, Dion rang me. My phone rings and it's Dion Dublin, which is still exciting, right? It doesn't actually ring me very often. Now he's become really successful um with property. But <laughs> but he rang me and he said, Look, I'm putting the team back together. Do you want to come and play? Mm. And I'm like, Oh wow, this yeah. is and 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 I remember going in the dressing room and they're all they're almost just stood in order. John Vaughan, Andy Fensham, mm. Alan Kimball, Danny O'Shea, <laughs> nice. Phil Chappell, Michael Cheatham. Cheatham, who was an absolutely brilliant right winger. I think we got him from Ipswich, but he was in the army. Mm. And he was so fast. And that was really essential to us. But just the lit, just going into the dressing room and just playing football with these guys yeah. that had been your absolute heroes um, on a beautiful football pitch, because by now the groundsman was allowed to do <laughs> his job. So genuinely, genuinely, I think this is true. Ian Darla, who's been the Cambridge groundsman for his whole career, you know, for like the last 300 years, he got John Beck to sort of write a disclaimer to say, this pitch is not my fault. <laughs> I'm a good, I'm a good groundsman. I, I know how to... Just in case he needs to get another job elsewhere and his I, CV yeah, states. I know how to make a football pitch nice, <laughs> but I'm not allowed to. That's fantastic. Well, Max... But, but, so we should, we should just sort of... Yeah. Talk about do, the game. Yeah, well, no... 
finish off the story. It, it all goes yeah. wrong in that uh, that third season for Beck. Yeah. So, so you had the two quarterfinals, and then mm. suddenly he's gone. So the so that year, I think. So we had the two quarterfinals, and we had that year when we get to the playoffs to get to the Premier League, and then I think we sold Dion, and then we did the worst ever piece of transfer business in the history of football, which was we gave Bristol Rovers John Taylor and a hundred thousand pounds in return for a man called Devon White. Ah, I remember Devon Dev. White. Devon White, who then actually scored some goals in the Premier League for Queen's Park Rangers. But it just didn't work for Devon. And we also invested a lot of money in an electronic scoreboard, which <laughs> was incredibly nice. Brilliantly, we put it up. We put it up in such a place that the people in the North, the diehards, couldn't even see it. Um, I presume the diehards were following the game so they didn't need it. Well, possibly. I mean, you'd hope most people in the ground mm. you know, know the score, but you know. Um, and, and I think a couple of players got injured really early in the season. Richard Wilkins, who was a very good centre mid um, and a new signing, broke their legs. On the first game, we had two broken legs. And I think we were doing so badly that overnight John Beck said, actually, we're going we're gonna to start playing football. And the next game, Phil Chappell got the ball and he played a 10-yard side foot pass to Andy Fenson and the crowd went <laughs> fucking wild. You know, like they just, they act like, like there was just this sort of like ovation. For us. I think about my dad, right, who grew up watching Spurs in 50-51 and 60-61 and then, and then had sort of introduced me to this absolute <laughs> rubbish, right? But it was sort of quite successful rubbish. His face, I think, you know, when we actually played a, a pass to feet, <laughs> was just like extraordinary. But it just didn't work. And then I think we went down that season. I remember... And Beck got sacked. Beck got sacked the, early on. And, in the October, I think. Mm, and then we had to get a result at Upton Park. Mm-hmm. And Chris Lebeter put us 1-0 up. But, Chris, but Kevin Bartlett, who I think sort of came third often in the Rumbelow Sprint Challenge. Uh, the oh, only yeah. thing he ever did for Cambridge was be quick enough to be offside mm. at the far post, not interfering at all. That would never be given now. So that goal was disallowed. And then I think David Speedy and someone else scored. And West Ham beat us 2-1. They went up. We went down. And it's been malaise ever since. Yeah. But it was nice to uh, remember those glory years of Cambridge United. Yeah. Oh, no, no. It was... Uh, I, look, I owe Cambridge United a huge amount. Yeah, because if I hadn't, and when are you going to pay fan, them back that huge amount? Well, I, I, it, you say when will I pay them back? I, um, when when Richard Money was fired, oh, Dickie Dosh, yeah, uh, Sean Derry had been on Fantasy Football, the show I did with Merce, and um, Sean Derry rang me the next day and said, "Come on, what's Cambridge United like?" And I went, "Ah, oh, it's all right." Yeah, and then the chief executive of Cambridge rang me the next day and said, "What's Sean Derry like?" And I went, "Is he all right?" And so they overlooked Chris Wilder and appointed Sean yeah. Derry. And presumably you didn't get a cut of that deal didn't at get all. get a cut of that. The, uh, George Mendes of offence. Yeah. <laughs> George Fendes. Yeah. And uh, it seems an appropriate place to finish, oddly. Um, but uh, Max, thank you very much for talking I've to I've had us a really nice time. About I mean, I could United. do another hour on this. I've no I doubt if, you could. I don't know if listeners would cope with that. Well, we've, we've got Honigstein coming in. So oh, he's quite good as he knows his football as well. Right? Well, we'll have another hour in the pub maybe after. Um, but there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to Greatest Games on Football Ramble Daily in association with the Blizzard Pleasure Max. Pleasure, Jonathan. As always, see you next week. The best of the blizzard is out now. A perfect Christmas gift, I think so. 23 of our favourite pieces from the first five years of the blizzard for you, friends and loved ones. Everything from Socrates and Scotland to St Pauli and football smoking culture. 
Head to the shop now to buy the best of the Blizzard at theblizzard.co.uk. This was a Stakhanov production.